what's up? My name is Christy and I am the host of Awaken the Extraordinary. Welcome to the Storyteller Series. At a time when I feel like so much of the world's focus is about that which makes us different and that being a bad thing and ultimately dividing us, I want to focus on that which we have in common. Because when we focus on that, we cultivate a sense of connection. And when we feel connected, that creates the foundation that we can build relationships on. And when we have relationships with people who we think are different than us, and we realize we actually have stuff in common with them, we're more likely to be more tolerant, more compassionate, more kind, more empathetic. And that's the kind of world I want to live in. So that's why I created the Storyteller series. And I really hope you stick around for this episode because I'm pretty sure you're going to benefit from hearing it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Awaken the Extraordinary, the Storyteller series. On today's episode, I am chatting with Katie Doty. And Katie and I met in June of 2021 when we were both attendees, participants, whatever the right word is, and Kathy Heller's made to do this program. And I've referred to it previously as kind of like an emotional business course. So we were both in that program together. And I remember just being so in awe of her and what she was doing. And also I just loved her personality. Like she was just this happy, bubbly person. And I love that she thought I was funny. I made some joke about Jesse Spano and being, I'm so excited. And she got it. And I was like, Oh, someone actually gets my sense of humor. But what I loved about Katie is how passionate she was about helping children and helping parents, you know, because it's, it was the pandemic. We were a year and a few months in, and so many schools were still closed. And she was helping parents that don't typically serve in a preschool teacher capacity. She was helping them do that. So she was creating these lessons and you signed up for the program and you would get a lesson. And I believe there was a video that accompanied that. And I know she was making life easier for so many parents. And I mean, life was weird for a lot of us and it still is weird for a lot of us, but it was one thing to lessen just kind of, I think that the mental emotional burden that parents were dealing with, especially, you know, parents of young kids where you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, I typically work Monday through Friday and I send my child to preschool. How do I keep a a three or four-year-old entertained and ensure that they're learning something, you know? And so I love that Katie played a part in that and, and really just helping make things fun for the kids, but also helping make things easier for the parents. And something else that I really loved about Katie, and I still do, um, which is why I had her on the show, is how passionate she is about compassion and empathy and kindness and instilling those values in our children. And I think the world has become much more compassionate but there are always opportunities for improvement there. And I love that this is something that's been placed on her heart because she is absolutely the right person to be talking to us about this type of thing, to be talking to children about this type of thing. The world 
just needs more compassion and kindness and empathy. And I love that Katie is one of those people that are like, I have signed up for this challenge. I'm all in. So I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. We talk about more than raising kind humans, as you will see, or hear. But if you've been really just kind of challenged in terms of how to involve your kids in being involved in their community and being more compassionate and kind and just putting that out into the world, and you don't even know where to start sometimes, this is a great episode for you, if I do say so myself. But what's making it great is not me. It's Katie Doty. And without further ado... Hey friends. Well, I have Katie Doty today. I actually mispronounced her name. She reminded me or she gave me a good way to remember it and like, you know, just remember cookie dough and I can absolutely do that. I actually like cookie dough more than the cookies themselves. Like, oh, it's the best part. I would always have my mom bake cookies and she, she would get upset because I wouldn't actually eat the cookies. I'm like, no, I just wanted the dough. Like, I, just, <laughs> I just wanted the dough. I never got sick. Thank goodness. That's pretty good. I think that's a myth. Is that a myth that they just tell you? So you have to make it to the end of the baking process. I feel like it is. (laughs) I do. I mean, yeah, I've never known anyone that's gotten sick from eating raw cookie dough or like brownie batter, like nothing. I hope I don't jinx myself or Or encourage others. (laughs) Caution. Um, So as I said earlier, just thank you so much for coming on. Um, I feel like the world just needs like so much more kindness and compassion. And I love you. I love what you're doing. And I love that you've kind of made it your mission to raise this next generation of more kind and compassionate human beings. So I want to just give you a, like some space to just do a quick intro. So people know who I'm chatting with. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I love talking about this. Um, so thanks for asking me to be here. Um, yes, I'm Katie Doty. I am a former elementary school teacher. So I taught first and second grade um, before staying home with my first daughter, my only daughter. I only have one daughter. <laughs> um, I thought about going back and then I had my son and I knew that home was where I needed to be. So mm-hmm. I stayed home with them. Um, and then we, because of the pandemic, we started homeschooling. Uh, it was not on my radar. Radar. I was a public school teacher. She started school. She went to kindergarten, and then everything shut down in first grade. Um, and so for second grade, that was the grade that I had taught. And so I thought, I'm let's give this a try. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. And it was amazing. It was so fun. It kind of gave us some space um, to just kind of disconnect from the craziness that was going yeah. on, and that we could just be a family and learn together and kind of let the stress of schooling go. And, um, we haven't looked back. So we are almost finishing her third grade year and, uh, my son will start kindergarten next year. And are they still home? Yeah, they're still home. So are you doing like, did you just decide like, that's what we're going to do? Yeah. I mean, we take, we're going to take it one year at a time Mm -hmm. and and see how the kids do, but so far they're happy with it. And I'm happy with it. We found a great co-op too, that, um, we, we go to, so the kids can do classes and, um, meet other kids and and other families. Um, but in general, yeah, we're, we're home and doing, doing school together. So that's what, that's kind of a little bit of my background. Okay. I, I actually like really love that because I think 
there there's been like obviously really bad stuff that's come out of the pandemic but i think just really beautiful learnings that so many of us have gained and i think me as well i mean my son is 4 and with his birthday he's going in like later um you know into kindergarten and i've thought about i mean we've just really decided like we're going to do homeschooling and when I thought about it, I was like, I still really want him to have that socialization. Like, you know, and right now I'm, I'm working full time and my plan is to be doing my own thing, but I would still be working. And so I was thinking, I'm like, there has to be like some sort of co-op, right. Where like kids gather kind of like an old time schoolhouse or something. Yes. So my husband was like, Yeah, they actually exist. (laughs) They do. Your dream came true. It's true. (laughs) You can find amazing places. Um, And I'm really grateful for the one that we found because it it answers all of the questions that I had and kind of gives some great opportunities for for my kiddos. So yeah, look for ones in your area. What what had you leaning more towards like a homeschool than sending them back when stuff reopened? Honestly, and maybe this is selfish, but I wanted that time with my kids. They grow up so quickly. I know already how quickly time has gone and having that slower pace really changed our family dynamic. And I think it gave my kids time to know and love each other because they play so well and they just Mm -hmm. have the time and space to play and it's not rushed and it's um, kind of organic. And I want to give that to them. I want them to have that slower childhood of exploration and adventure and we'll do it together. And homeschooling gave me that opportunity. I love that. How old are your kids? Um, Alice is nine and Bennett is five. Okay. And he's the later birthday too. He's a July birthday. So we kept him one more year. So he'll go Mm -hmm. into kindergarten as a six-year-old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I was like, I was one of the oldest kids in my class too. I'm like, it's fine. (laughs) It's It's good for them. It's good for them. It's a good choice. Um, what was your childhood like? Like just out of curiosity, because you said the the things that really stood out to me are, you know, just kind of slowing down and not being rushed and things happening just organically and just really taking time to like enjoy each other. And I feel like that is so opposite of at least what I grew up feeling and experiencing. And I think to me, when I look around just our world, it's, it's so the opposite. And so I was just like, Oh, I wonder what her childhood was like. Yeah. I mean, I had a beautiful childhood. I loved, um, everything about the way that I grew up in my family. Um, but you're right. Everything was rushed. It was get up and go to school. And then when you come home from school, you have homework or you have practice or you have, you know, a music thing or work if you're working as a teenager, you know, and there just wasn't a ton of time to just be together. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, we still found time. I'm not, I'm not sad about anything that happened, but, um, I think I started feeling it when, Alice was in first grade and she wanted to get into gymnastics and she wanted to do other activities and realize like as she's changing in the car after school and I'm tossing her a snack, taking her to gym. And then we get home, we have to rush and make dinner. And then she goes to bed and she saw dad for like 20 minutes, you know? And I think that's the point where I realized, is this it? Is this what happens? And, And in my mind, it was, well, that's what we do. I mean, what other choice is there? 
until I realized homeschooling was a choice (laughs) and that's when it really changed for me. Oh, I, I love that. Like not, not the, the angst I feel like that goes with just like the rush and to me, like that frenetic energy, but just that you had that, that realization. And I feel like I've, I've had similar light bulb moments myself, just in terms of like life, like it, it literally shouldn't be at least to me, like rushing around from one thing to another, because when do you have space to just breathe and be? Yeah. And 100%. yeah. And, um, the homeschool, how did they, how did they, I mean, it was, dude, it was such a weird time for, for so many kids, but how did they adjust once that, once you started doing that at home? Yeah. So we actually ended up homeschooling two neighbors with us, um, because it was such a crazy time. Um, I offered it out to two friends. And so we did have two friends come join us. So it felt a little more like school. I mean, we started at nine 30 mm-hmm. and they came to the basement and we did stuff together. And, um, and so that was very structured. And I think having that structure in place kind of made it feel more official for, for my daughter, like, okay, this is what we do now. Yeah. I still get to see two friends, <laughs> you know? Um, but this year it's just us. So it's a little more loosey goosey. It's a little more laid back. <laughs> Um, but they, they've adjusted well, they love it. And, you know, when it's time to get something done, they're okay with that. But then it's a lot slower. We'll take a lot of more time to go outside and play or take a reading break or go find something to do yourself, you know, um, and then we'll come back to the activity. So yeah, it's, they've been pretty good at taking it all in. I'm glad. Do you have like curriculum that you follow? Like, how does that work? That's it. Because that's, I'm selfishly asking by the way. So, but I'm sure um, someone else out there wants to <laughs> Yeah. You know what? I I'm super passionate about this now because homeschooling can look so different in everyone's homes and, mm-hmm. and it's all the ways are okay. So the first year I did it, it was very structured. I had this curriculum for math. I had this curriculum for reading and we followed it to a T and this year it's very open. I'm realizing how much space I can give. I'm not really doing a ton with Bennett because he starts kindergarten next year, but with Alice giving her space to choose what she wants to learn and kind of follow those passions and, and rabbit holes of what she's interested in. And, you know, she'll find something, we'll go to the library and research more or find a video on it or whatever it is that she's passionate about. And so letting myself, giving myself permission to let that be how we homeschool is kind of nice because now it's, it's a little more free. And, and sometimes we'll go back to the curriculum and do a few things. Sometimes we kick it to the curb because it didn't work. So it's pretty, I mean, whatever works for your family. Right. I think that's, I mean, to me, that makes sense though, too, because you're, you were probably learning, I would assume like, okay, let's, let's try this at home. How is this going to work? And now that you've kind of become a bit more seasoned, like you have a better idea as to what you can kick to the, what you can kick to the curb versus what you want to retain. And then just letting them kind of lead the way in terms of what their interests are. And when you were describing that, I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, I would have loved to have learned that way as a kid. I mean, honestly, like even it, 
a day job, you know, it's like, what if we're just naturally like we're, we're drawn towards certain things. We're passionate about certain things for a reason. What if that was just encouraged and supported? Yeah. And I think that's what homeschooling gives you is, is it, it's an opportunity to teach your kids how to live a life with purpose, right? What are you interested in? What do you want to explore? And what do you want to learn about? here's how you go about doing that as opposed to here's what you need to know or what I think you need to know. And here's how we're going to learn it. It's more um, based on what they're interested in and they'll figure it out too. I mean, they're very intuitive and they, and they do, if they have an innate passion for learning, they will learn what they need to know to further themselves in Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. It's been interesting to me too. um, Just with my son, like in the kitchen, you know, he'll, he'll help me baking and just, you know, the, the measuring cups and all of that. I mean, it was stuff that I didn't even like think about as we were working together, but just seeing the things that he learns and, and how we would count things out. I was like, Oh, Oh, look at, look at that. Look, I think he's actually learning something. Yes. The organic learning. And And it's it's fun and they're interested and they don't realize it. They don't Mm -hmm. realize it's a math lesson. I let my daughter cook. um, She wanted to bake chocolate chip muffins, I think, or banana muffins. And um, I was trying to be absolutely hands-off letting her do the measuring. We've been working on fractions and she came up and she's like, mom, can you help me? And she had misread the fraction. And so she put in three cups of oil instead of one third cup. She thought it was one three, like she just yeah. mixed it up. And so it was a really great learning opportunity for me to stop and show her the fraction and why that didn't work and why that was too much. And mm-hmm. we had to fix it. Um, but it was all natural learning, right? It wasn't a worksheet. It was something she was just figuring out trial and error. Right. And I feel like Katie, that's always been one of my things too. <laughs> oh my gosh. My geometry teacher in high school did not like me at all. Um, because for me, I was like, if I don't see the real life application, if I don't understand how I am going to apply this, it's probably not going to stick. And I remember he was talking about something. He's like, well, you might be an architect. I'm like, I suck at this. Why would I like, why would I ever do anything? Why would I like punish myself this way? Like, this is not how my brain works. And I've, and I think too, like, that's why I've noticed like my son will retain certain things. And I think everybody, because we're naturally interested in it, of course, we're going to retain it. If that's like how our mind works, yes. it's going to click. It's something you wanted to learn because you were genuinely interested mm-hmm. in learning the material, then yeah, it sticks with you a little yeah. better than what you read in a textbook and answered on the test. I was the kid that was a really good test taker. I could memorize. And then after the test, it was all mm-hmm. out the window. I don't remember most of the stuff. So yeah. It wasn't important to me. I did well on the test and that was what my goal was because that's what you do in school. And so it didn't stick the way that I would have hoped it would stick. Yeah. And that's, I mean, as you were saying that, I'm thinking like, isn't that what school just is? And, you know, my husband, it's funny because we'll sit here and we'll, we'll talk about history or have Jeopardy on. If you do like pop culture or something like that, I am, I am good, but you know, history, I'm like, "Mm, I have no, I have no idea. He's like, well, didn't you learn this in school? I'm like, I'm sure I did. But if it was of no value to me, if it was of no interest, 
it's exactly that. Like it's just gone. It's gone. Yeah. I do the same thing. My husband has an amazing memory for that stuff, but I think he was genuinely interested Mm -hmm. in history and what happened and really took to the stories. And I just didn't. (laughs) And, but he can recall so many amazing things that happened and I have no idea. (laughs) What did you, what were you interested in, in school? Um, I liked writing. Mm-hmm. I like um good quality literature, reading, um science, maybe. I don't know. I think I did well in school, but it wasn't like I was really excited about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I that... feel like I'm now more passionate about learning as an adult because I'm realizing when I learn for me, I learn a lot more and it's more fun. And, and it's more fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I am too. It's like if it's not fun. I really don't want any part of it because like, why, why? I don't want to do something that's not fun and enjoyable. Yeah, me too. Um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So one of the, the big things that like drew me to you, aside from the fact that we were in our initial group in the made to do this program was just how passionate you are about raising kind human beings. And I, I am so passionate about that as well. Um, and I would love to know kind of what led you to this point where that is just something that you're, you're so passionate about. Yeah. The story is kind of interesting because I feel like it started kind of during the pandemic when things were just out of control. And I felt like what is happening to our world right now? And what am I sending my kids out into and kind of processing through, how do I prepare them for this? How do I make them ready for some of these problems that are coming their way? And, um, in the middle of, I think it was September of 2020, a friend of mine in the neighborhood, her daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. She's six, she was six at the time. Um, during the pandemic too, right? Like not only is this a terrible time, yeah. for everyone, but then on top of that, she has this horrific diagnosis. Um, and it was one of those things where I was like, what do I do? How do you help somebody in this situation? It was, it was devastating. Um, and so I started working with some moms and, you know, starting the meal train or sending gift cards for food and that kind of stuff. And then I found out that her daughter needed a stem cell transplant, which means she needed a match. She needed a donor Mm -hmm. Um, and no one in her family was a match. And so that's when I was like, that's what I can do. I was thinking what would I want if it were me? And I would want somebody to find a match for my daughter. And so that's what I started. And we started putting together a crew to try to figure out how to create a be the match drive where it's a simple cheek swab. It's all it is. I've done something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really simple, but not everybody knows about it. And so unfortunately, during the pandemic, there were no in-person events. So running an event was a brand new thing we had to invent. And long story short, we invented this drive-through swab event so that we could get people in. But during that process, I really started noticing Alice really taking interest in what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And at one point she said, mommy, can I help? And my first thought was, no, this is too big. This is a grown-up problem. How do I involve you? This is a big thing, right? Until I started really thinking, well, what can she help with? What what could I involve her with? And she decided she wanted to make bracelets 
to raise money for her friend oh. who was in the hospital. And I thought that's, let's do that because she wanted to, she was planning it for something else. And then she, she was like, let's do it for Vienna. Um, that's and so, like, that's just so sweet. Like, honestly, Katie, like so many kids don't, they just don't do that. And that like says so much about you and just your daughter. Like that just, that's really touching to me that she even was just like, I want to help. And yeah. Oh, Hey, let me do this. Yeah. What can I do? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it was, it was a little scary to involve her because of the stakes. I mean, it was her friend in the neighborhood. I knew that there was a chance she couldn't make it. And, and it was, it was definitely a decision I had to make to, to let her be involved. And it's kind of that vulnerability of putting her in this situation that, I mean, she could have been terribly hurt and she's good now Vienna is in remission oh that's found awesome. her donor like oh my god everyone to know that it's <laughs> a positive outcome for her I mean it's not for every child going through yeah. that but for her and so I knew that involving her in this but it was such a powerful experience and I think it launched her into wanting like what's next what are we going to do next mommy that was fun and I also realized adults are so much more likely to get involved and donate when there's a kid behind, (laughs) behind it, because she, she sold, I don't even know how many she sold, but people are so generous, right. In, in what they gift. And she made over $1,500 to gift to, yeah, to Vienna's um, GoFundMe and then to Seattle children's. And then we went to target and we bought stuff for Vienna to deliver to the hospital. And that, moment that experience that thing that happened I feel like is when I started realizing kids can handle more than we give them credit for and they want to help and I think that's where it started shifting for me in my brain that it doesn't have to be soup I mean they can they can handle more I think is Mm -hmm. what I'm getting at that we can start involving them in some of these problem solving skills and ways of helping others that they can do at a younger age so that hopefully they will continue and want to do that as they grow kind of like we talked about earlier it's something she wanted to help with Mm -hmm. she wanted to be a part of it and because it was successful she wanted to do it again and she wanted to do something else and so I think giving our kids those opportunities and helping them through the process is just going to hopefully make lifelong givers. Yeah. Like I just, I didn't think I was going to lose it, but, um, just when I look at kids, I mean, I, I see, I feel like I see the spectrum. So I see, you know, I see the polar opposite. So you see kids that are just so kind and, are just wanting to be involved, wanting to help. And then you see kids bullying other kids just, and I mean, and that's coming from somewhere like the kids just weren't born that way, which makes me very sad for them. But you see kids just being so cruel. And I mean, like a few weeks ago, my husband took um, my son to like a little play play place. And, um, my son is really sensitive. And so if he Mm. tries to play with a kid and the kid doesn't play with him, he gets really hurt. 
And so I guess he told my husband, he's like, they don't want to play with me. (laughs) And so then he started crying. And I guess the two little boys there that were brothers were just like, oh, look at him, a little baby. And I told my husband, I'm like, you better be glad I wasn't there because I was just like, and the thing that makes me so sad is like, those kids really don't know probably what they're doing because I asked my, my husband, I'm like, how old were they? And he's like, probably like five and six. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that makes me really angry. Um, just because they're learning that from someplace and it's just so interesting to live in a world where you, have like these kids that are just so kind and just want to help others. And then you have kids that maybe weren't set up for success and they're kind of already showing potentially like the world, what is, I'm trying to figure out an an articulate way to say this, but really like this is, this is what you get world when you get me and it's not their fault. Right. You know, right. well, and I think it goes back to modeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, your kids are watching all the time. And I think in a situation like that, like my kids aren't kind all the time. They, <laughs> they'll say things. And yeah, I mean, they're kids, they're totally kids. And, but I think the most powerful thing a parent can do is in a moment like that, or even after maybe you don't do it in front of other people, but is stopping and talking about that. And I think for me, what I try to focus on, and I'm, you know, still working on it, but having them stop and really think how that person felt when they said that, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you think that person felt when you said, Oh, look at them crying or whatever, and really helping them feel those feelings of another person. I mean, that's the, that's the foundation of Mm -hmm. empathy. Right. And, and bringing it back. Like if my kids get in a fight or, or there's a, something happens, I always give them time, but then we, they know we were, we are going to talk about it Mm -hmm. and we will come together and figure it out together and, and kind of go through the motions of how did that person feel? What can you do differently next time? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of working through some of that stuff, but yeah, I think it all, a lot of it is modeling. If no one tells them you can't say that, or that's really hurtful. If you say something like that to someone or who's saying it to them, right? Like that's probably happening to them. Oh yeah. And that's, that breaks my heart too. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that just makes me so sad. And I mean, I, I grew up around, um, a set of parents with the, the father being very cruel, honestly, Mm -hmm. to his kids. And it just, especially now that I have my own child, just thinking back to that and knowing what those children like experienced, it's just, it's heartbreaking. And there's a, there's a reason for that too, but it doesn't make it any less sad. Yeah. Um, And even with my son, you know, there there are times where he'll even say unkind things, you know, to really more to my husband than me. And so, you know, we, we talk about that. Um, And when we have situations like that, like the one that occurred there, or there was a a similar situation at another playground, you know, I, I always like stop and just tell him like, okay, maybe they didn't want to play with you. That's okay too. 
and it doesn't mean anything about you. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are awesome. You are amazing. Sometimes people just don't want to play with you and that's all it is. You know, I just yeah. don't want him to just think it's, it's just, oh my gosh, it's just so hard being a mom sometimes. <laughs> every day, every day, because you don't want them to get hurt. You don't want that sadness in their heart. And but it is true. Sometimes kids just don't want to play. And I mean, I'm dealing with that with my daughter now because she's, as she gets older now, you know, younger siblings can get annoying. And how do you, how do you handle if you don't want your little brother to play with you and your friend right now, you know, how do you say it in a kind way? So it doesn't hurt his feelings, but yes, you do deserve some space. You know, there's just this dynamic of trying to figure out how do we all get along, but everyone gets their playtime and helping my son understand you know, Sissy still loves you. She just needs some time with her friend right Right. now, you know, that's so what, so what actually do you suggest she say? I'm just curious for Alice. I've been telling her, I said that it's completely fine if she wants to play with her friend, but instead of saying go away, or we don't want to play with you, just say, I'm going to spend some time with my friend right now, you know, in 10 minutes, why don't we play? Yeah. XYZ or whatever game they're playing. And, um, and, and I then, love that because that's, that's exactly what it is. Like you're, I feel like we, we complicate things so much and it probably starts at a very young age instead of just saying exactly what it is. <laughs> we, yeah, we do overcomplicate <laughs> things, <laughs> but you have to work like these situations arise and then you, you learn every time mm-hmm. you do it differently, a little bit differently every time. And then, you know, hopefully you Hopefully you get it right, but we don't get to know. I don't get to know. No, I know. It still, it still doesn't change. I don't know. It's you just have to cross your fingers and hope you're doing okay. Well, and yeah, and I feel like that's I mean, I see it with with dads a lot too, is just just showing ourselves grace and just mm. going like most, you know, 90, 95% of the time, I'm really trying to do the best that I can, you know, do I have those moments where, you know, I'm like, I probably could have done that better, but I I feel like it's so easy to be hard on ourselves. hundred percent. And all the time, I think we always second guess what we're doing and if we're doing it correctly, or if we need to do more or less, or I'm always overthinking it, mm-hmm. <laughs> always overthinking it, but you're right. My husband's like, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm stereotyping, but I feel like men just have at least the the men that I know that are dads just have a more kind of like non, and it's not nonchalant, like they don't care, but they're just more relaxed, I guess. And I'm like, why can't, why can't I be like that? That yeah, would be, that would be kind of nice sometimes. I think so too. But I think as women and moms, we kind of take on the mental load a little bit more, oh, Absolutely, you do. know, like the doctor's appointments and when the homework is due and when you have to get them to the dentist and when you have to, you know, there's a birthday party next Saturday, but oh, we have a soccer game. So we have to figure out and coordinate, you know, like there's just so much. I can relate to that. It's was, yeah, the emotional workload. I can relate to that so much. And it's, it's a lot and it's exhausting. Yeah, it is. And it's all under the surface, right? It's all Mm -hmm. happening. Even though we're very much like just going about our day, it's all behind the scenes. And so I don't think, I mean, some dads might 
realize it a little more, but I think they're a little bit less likely to let that burden them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I mentioned this to someone in the past. I saw a book years and years ago. I never even read it, but it was saying how it, like, I think it was called like women are like spaghetti and men are like waffles in like our minds, like women, it's just all over the place and men it's very compartmentalized. And that I don't even I don't even think I was dating anybody at the time, but there was something about that, that like stuck in my head. And I, and I feel like that is so true. I can see that my husband's so good at compartmentalizing and I try, I try so hard, but you're right. It's just spaghetti. It's just, <laughs> it's just a mess. It's just all over the place. Um, okay. So with like, are you still doing your what was it called? I remember that it had a koala. Oh, my leaping letters. Yeah. Leaping letters. Yeah. So I still offer that. I'm not doing any live classes anymore on zoom because most kids have gone back Mm -hmm. um, in person. And so I do have all of my reported preschool lessons up leapingletters.com. And it's just like a little membership. If you sign up, then you get access to all the videos I recorded, which was from A to Z. It's like over 40 hours of content. Um, that is so cool. Need something for your kid to do. Just push play. And, <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I always need stuff for my kid to do. Um, so what, like what, pro- so I know like what prompted the, the whole kindness thing, but it is so much a part of just who you are, everything that I see. So what are some of the things that, that you do, I guess, just on a a quote unquote regular basis with your kids or other kids that you're working with? Like, what are some of the things that you guys just do? Like, as just, just like your way of being, like, it's just kind of become like, I think that after having kind of that experience of getting my kids involved, um, you know how your brain starts to see things when Mm -hmm. you think of it over and over again, like community services on my mind Mm -hmm. all the time, because now Mm -hmm. I'm building a business around it and offering things for families. And um, so I think it's kind of helped me help my kids look for it too. Like, how can we help? What do you want to, what do you want to work on? What do you want to do? And so um, it's always more fun with friends. So I started this little group in our neighborhood. We call ourselves the kind humans crew. And, um, I'll just meet with the kids in the neighborhood and we'll do an activity together. So like recently we did, um, we made comfort kits that, um, they can hand out. So when they're in the car, if they see someone in need, they can gift this comfort kit. And so we were brainstorming ideas of, well, what can we put in there? And of course, kids are amazing. They just have funny things that they want to include. And it was like the Polish sausage or something, right? It was my favorite answer. He wanted to include Polish sausage. And I was like, that's genius, right? It's protein. Like I know where he was coming from. He wanted something that was protein and and he probably loves it. It's probably delicious. (laughs) So he wanted to include that. So then you have the conversation. Okay. But what's going to stay good in the car (laughs) and how do you, you know, keep, shelf stable items and stuff. And so they, they came up with a list and some of the things they wanted, you know, they wanted sleeping bags and they wanted blankets and they wanted tents and those would be great things, but do those fit in a bag? And can I keep all that in my car? And, um, so they, they brainstormed their list and then they each took an item and they, their families purchased Mm -hmm. a certain number of this item. And then there was a reason we couldn't all get together. I think some of us were sick. And so 
um, one of the moms had this great idea and she said, why don't we put the items out on our porch and you can like trick or treat style around the neighborhood. Oh, that's a good idea. Your bag. And so mm-hmm. the kids went around the neighborhood and like at my house, they had toothbrushes and toothpaste and at my neighbors, it was soap. And at another place, it was water and bottles. That was really fun. Like that's but it was really fun. fun. Yeah. And I think for me, it's whatever you can do to make it fun because Mm -hmm. then they want to do it and they're excited to do it because it was entertaining and fun for them. They were so excited to go out in the neighborhood and fill their bags, right? Yeah. It wasn't even for them. It was for, for someone else, but because they got to participate, it was active and their friends were out doing it. And, um, yeah, so something like that, that's been really fun for us. That is so cool. So what ended up being in the bag? Because when you're saying Polish sausage, like (laughs) what I was thinking was like, oh, what about it? Like a Slim Jim? (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's what we talked about. Yes. Kind of packaged me. Um, Let's see. They did water and soap and sanitizer, um, wool socks, chapstick, and toothbrushes and toothpaste. And then there were some snacks, I think some granola bars. Um, someone included emergency blankets. Okay. Yeah, it was a pretty big. That is so cool. That is, I I love that so much. Yeah, it was Um, fun, but you could do, I mean, any family can do that, right? You can go to the store and pick up one of each item and and mm -hmm. make a bag to keep in here. And then of course, though, I didn't have the bag with me when we actually saw someone in need. And so we went, we were going into Target, I think. So we grabbed a few extra snacks and, mm-hmm. and I handed them to my daughter to give to this person. And, and she did, and she rolls up her window and she said, it really feels good to help people. Aww. Yes. I yes, it does. That. Feel that? Hold on to that because you're going to be the, you know, changing, changing the world as you grow. Yeah. That, I mean, I just think that's so powerful. And I just want to like acknowledge like your part in that, like she wouldn't likely have that perspective on things like if it weren't for you and your family and so I just I I don't want to just like gloss over that I mean I think that that's really powerful because there's so many people not doing stuff like that you know and I mean like we we don't do stuff like that. Um, what we have done a couple of years, like in a row is we've made like a Valentine's day card for like a nearby senior center. And, um, like we, I got my son's daycare provider to do that last year. And then he and I just did it like on our own this year. Um, and both, both times we dropped it off last year, he was happier about dropping it off than this year. He didn't didn't want to give it away. Oh yeah. (laughs) That was his art. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, buddy, these, a lot of these people don't have people that visit them. You know, this is a really nice thing to do. And it's so funny because I've, I've always felt like I'm a, I was like a kind person, but I never actually did things like just random things. Like it never even like crossed my mind, like just these, these random things to do. Um, I want to say until like recently. And one of the other things that I just personally have fun doing, and my son always happens to be with me, um, is like, when we go to the Lego store at downtown Disney, I'll just buy a $10 gift card and I'll give it out to like, someone back in the day, like when you had to wait in line to get into the store, um, you know, like I would just hand it out to like a parent with a kid. I love and that. what I loved was just their like, 
what what's this what are you doing like just their look of total shock I'm like dude don't get so excited it's like ten dollars okay like it's not 50 or 100 but it just felt so good to do something super random and catch someone totally off guard and I'm like that probably like made their day and and if people are feeling better they're likely to do something for someone else like I mean that's the whole concept of like paying it forward at Starbucks right Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. That's so great. Yeah. Because it's that, that off guard that you catch, you catch them off guard, right? Like they're so surprised that somebody's being so nice to them yeah. and they don't know them. Right. But we need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> we need more of that yeah. in the world. And, and I think that's true too. Like I was always a kind person too, but it's the actual act of doing mm-hmm. something that I think I discovered more as an adult. And, um, because like, when you think about community service, it kind of has a negative connotation to it, right? You think it's, you think of the words like required. Yeah. Like, like you, mandatory. You have to do it. Like yes. that's instantly what I thought. Or a punishment even, you know, you yeah. have to serve your time through community service. And I think that's my goal is to kind of flip the narrative on that and that it doesn't have to be this time consuming another activity, something I have to check off that it can be fun and something you do as a family. And that will hopefully instill that passion for helping others and wanting to, you know, make big changes in the world. You know, if you can do this for your kids and you can help them learn and get the skills they need, hopefully they'll be the problem solvers. They'll be the ones that are like, Oh, you know what? I've done something similar to that. Why don't we scale it? Let's try it this way. Mm -hmm. You know? And and make those big changes as they grow. And yeah, so hopefully we can flip the narrative on community service. I just, and I I think I had that, that association too. It's just like, ugh, you know, and I remember like, what was it? I, I took a certain class in high school and that class, like if, if you were taking that class, you didn't have to do community service you know? And so I was just like, woo, like I got out of it. <laughs> out of it. And, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, was it really like that bad? Like probably not. But if you hear everybody griping about it and moaning and complaining, well, of course that's what you're going to think. But if you have people going like, oh, look, we get to, we get to clean up this area. Like we get to, like, yeah, we, get to we have to area. Mm-hmm. We get to help these people. Um, we get to repaint, like we get to paint this mural or, you know, I mean, just if you look at it as yes, like we don't have to do this. We get to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're surrounded with, with at least a couple people that feel that way, yeah, <laughs> I think it's easier for you to just, um, have a shift in perspective. I think. Yeah. Well, I think what I'm finding too, the more I talk to families is they don't, and this was true for me too. And I'm still figuring it out, but they don't know what to do. Yeah. Especially with little kids, there aren't many opportunities under the definition of community service. You know, you think about going somewhere and volunteering somewhere when really you can do activities at home that benefit the society and benefit the community. And, um, I think that's kind of where I want to lead families. It's like, look here, you can do this simple activity. Like the other day we did, um, there's an organization called Reserva. It's a youth land trust. And they're the first fully funded youth land um, preserve is what they're going for. And so they are doing this 1 million letters campaign. So we read this story called A Voice for the Everglades by Vicki Conrad. It's amazing. It's about Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, who um, basically 
she created the um, Everglades National Forest, National Park. That's right. And, um, but she spent her whole life doing it. She was an advocate. And, and then after that, we wrote letters. And if you write a letter, this organization will match it with $3. And then they take those letters to like um, different world summits and world leaders. And and they'll read these letters that kids are writing about why they love nature and why it's important. Um, And then they're funding this cloud forest in Ecuador right now is what they're working on. But it wasn't something like we didn't have to go anywhere. We didn't Mm -hmm. have to go to a building or an organization and say, how can we help you? It was, we sat down in our living room and we wrote a letter and you can mail it off and then you're done. Like there's your community service, right? It can look different than what this stereotypical community service might seem in our heads, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, to me, you hit the nail on the head with that because I feel like I... I am pretty good at coming up with things to do for people that are, I guess like are in our circle or are doing random, just random things. Like, like I said, the Lego gift card, but when it comes to like actually beyond us, that's where I'm just like, Oh, I don't, I don't know what I don't know. Exactly. So getting, just getting something started, I feel like is probably the hardest thing for people. Yeah. Yeah. So my biggest piece of advice would just pick something that your kid is interested in. Mm -hmm. Like my son is obsessed with wild crabs. He loves anything animal and he will recite any fact if it came from wild crabs, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but you can go on to like the world wildlife fund and symbolically adopt. Yeah. He loves Komodo dragons. I asked him the other day, cause I was, I was typing up this free guy that I'm posting and sh- I asked him, Hey Bennett, what's a, what's an endangered animal, you know? And he's like the Komodo dragon. Why? <laughs> like, <he's, laughs> he loves them, but on the world wildlife fund, you can symbolically adopt them. So that's one activity. If you want to have your kid raise money or make something to sell and then symbolically adopt this Komodo dragon. You know, it ties in their interests, but also gives them a chance to help. Yeah. Yeah. I think like we'd have to buy a rocket. A rocket. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, something with space. Maybe you look into, maybe there's something you can do with NASA or. Yeah. And one of the other things that I thought too, I, I think, um, like, I know that they have like these like junior astronaut like I know that they have like things like that out there and he's super obsessed with just like space and constellations and so I was thinking okay well what if when he's older um like I know you can like name a star or something yes. like that I was just like just something and I'm sure the money goes somewhere good <laughs> it might but even even if it doesn't and he picks to name a star for someone he loves, there's that act of kindness, yeah. right? It doesn't necessarily have to be funding something. Yeah, that's it's true. It's just getting them to recognize how it might make someone else feel to do yeah. something nice. Yeah. That is one thing that I actually really, I, I don't like what he chooses, but it's not his fault. Um, <laughs> so like, we'll go to the grocery store and he will always get a bottle of soda for my husband. And I just think it's like, so sweet. I'm like, Milo, that is so thoughtful. And I'm just like, I wish I wouldn't soda, but. (laughs) But it's something. And he's thinking of someone else. Yeah. What that other person might like. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's it. That's key. Yeah. I love it. But it's so funny. Like 
we have this huge two liter bottle of soda in the kitchen and, and my husband's been gone the past couple of days. And he's like, mommy, why does daddy like soda? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, I, I used to drink soda all the time, but my husband's diabetic. And so I'm like, just please stop drinking the soda. Just please. But <laughs> yeah, but hard. I just think it's really like, it's very sweet that he does that. And I'm like, well, when do I ever get something from the school? Yeah. <laughs> right. You well, that's when you start instilling that in his mom. You know, mommy really likes. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but yeah, that just that makes me so happy. Like when he does that. Or um, another thing that like we did for a really long time was like we would bake cookies and take them to daycare. I'm not sure mm-hmm. that the parents loved that, but he got so excited about baking them. And putting them in the little bags and like the daycare provider said, like he would get so excited handing them out. Like we put little stickers on the bags and that just made me so happy because I'm just like, he's happy, like giving things away to other people because he knows that that's going to make them happy. Yes. I love that. Oh, I love that too. That's really sweet. And I think too, there's so much value in teaching your kids to give, because not only does it benefit whoever they're giving to, but it helps them too. I mean, there's research that supports community service or, or, you know, thinking of others is supports mental health. It Mm -hmm. improves self-esteem. It, you know, even physical health, because the act of doing things and there's a benefit to being the gifter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I try to tell my husband that too, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) um so people can follow you where so I have a website called teamkindhumans.com okay. you can find a lot there and then I'm on instagram at katie underscore doty d-o-u-g-h-t-y okay yes and, and I actually have a free guide right now if anyone wants to grab the free guide and it is basing off of your child's interest in how to create a service project based on what they're interested in Oh, I love that. Okay. I will have to check that out and I'll make sure that I'll link everything, um, and do whatever it is. People that have podcasts do when they have guests on, I'll just blah, 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 link everything. Um, Sounds great. but thank you. <laughs> so articulate, <laughs> um, but just thank you so much for, for being here and just thank you for what, I mean, Katie, honestly, like you're doing, like you are making a difference in the world and, it's, it's because of people like you that, I don't know, you know, like you, sometimes you can see like the worst, you know, and, um, it's nice when I see people like you that, that just represent everything that's good and beautiful. And you're really trying to instill that in our future generation. And so just, just thank you. That was very kind of you. Thank you. I appreciate your kind words. And I think that, I mean, we're in this together, right? And I think if you're aware of it, you're making that difference too. And all the things you've said that you're doing with your own kiddo, I mean, you're an amazing mama and your kiddo's so lucky. Oh, well, thank you. I, I try, man. It's, it's hard sometimes. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank Thank you. you. I've loved chatting with you. Likewise. So Katie's amazing, right? Like this super sweet, thoughtful person helping to raise super sweet, thoughtful, kind, 
compassionate human beings. And how cool is it that her neighborhood has really taken it upon themselves to go, yeah, like we are all in on this too. And I loved like the kids running around and grabbing items to create like this comfort kit for people in need. Like, I'm just like, wow, that like that actually makes it fun. When you make things fun, people want to get involved. And I love that. I love that she's doing this. The world just needs more compassion and empathy and kindness and a desire to understand. And I love that she is helping the next generation be exactly what I feel like the world needs. So if you want to follow Katie, you can follow her on Instagram. It's Katie underscore Doty, D-O-U-G-H-T-Y. So you can find her on Instagram. You can click on the link in her bio. You will get a free guide that kind of gets those creative juices flowing. If you want to get your kids involved, but you don't know how to get your kids involved. She also has a podcast. So since this episode was recorded, she has started a podcast that is available on Apple. It may be available on Spotify called Raising Kind Humans. And if you have kids, even if you don't have kids, but if you have kids and you were just wanting more of this, please check it out. Again, the podcast is Raising Kind Humans. And if you were inspired by this, or if you have something that you do with your kids, or even if you don't have kids, if you just have something that you like to do to put more kindness out into the world, I want to know about it. So you can share it in your stories on Instagram. You can tag me at Awaken the Extraordinary. I will reshare it. And if you like this episode, tell your friends, send it to someone. You can text them. Again, you can share it in your stories. If you do, I would love for you to tag Katie as well. We need more people putting more good out into the world. And so if this is you, if this is something that you're doing, I want to know about it. Katie wants to know about it. And if you have this idea and you want support and want somebody to talk it through with, reach out to me, reach out to Katie. We would be happy to help you with that. So with that being said, thank you as always for being here. I appreciate you so very much. I appreciate you making the time to listen because I know we are all so incredibly freaking busy. And the fact that you take time to listen, it just means the world to me. It really does. And one other thing, if you are doing something amazing, if you have done something amazing, if you are in the midst of getting the ball rolling, that's still amazing. I want to hear about it. If you want to share it, I want to give you that space to do that. So you can send me a DM at Awaken the Extraordinary on Instagram. You can send me an email, Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I at awakentheextraordinary.com. I want to give you the space to do pretty much whatever you want. <laughs> if it's something really out there, we may need to have a, a deeper conversation. And if you just have a story that's on your heart that you want to share, I am here for you. I want to give you that space. So 
You know what's coming. You know what's coming. Stay kind, stay compassionate, and stay curious with yourself and others. And I will talk with you soon.